Lock on transporters. Beam us up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Pop Me Up Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I am Andrea and this is Oshin. And today we are discussing Enterprise Season 2, Episodes 9 and 10, Singularity and Vanishing Points. We're starting with Episode 9, obviously. Paul must save the ship after the crew passed out during the approach to a black hole. Mm-hmm. And before I start, I told you I don't have notes. I only have one that I wrote before I watched any episodes. Okay. And it's where is the temporal Cold War? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're coming up on the halfway point, so I imagine they'll do something about it soon. Yeah, but they, they, they've gone so long without it, so... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to remind you that the overall arc has not been mentioned since episode one, and only because episode one was a continuation of the last episode of the first season. Yeah, it is weird they haven't mentioned it, and I had kind of forgotten about it, but that also happened in the first season a bit as well, I feel. Yeah. They'll definitely come back to it with some big, huge thing. Yeah, I'm sure the the Sulaban are still out there causing mischief. Yeah. For sure. So, also, what did you think about this episode? Uh, I thought this was a solid episode, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was necessarily a good idea to make an episode about the entire crew being irrational pricks. I think that's a normal episode. <laughs> I think it would have been... Funnier if they all became extremely logical. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a solid episode. I mean, I have to ask, and um, I don't know if you remembered this episode on this watching, but I think it took me... I did. Okay, it took me longer than maybe they intended for me to realize what was happening. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. I think it says a lot about the crew. <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize? Um, so I I checked my notes, <laughs> and when I realized was when I think it was like the second scene with Flox and Travis when he's already asleep and no, I think it was when he was doing the surgery. You know, it was when Travis was refused. It was when he tranquilized Travis, knocked him out, and tied him to the table. Oh. And they were having that discussion and Fox was saying, oh, I need to find this. It could be this or it could be that. And Charles was saying, no, I need to get back to navigation. I need to get back to the bridge. You're going to have to tie me to the table. And that's when I was like, hmm, this this is unusual. But that's weird because I'm pretty sure by that point, Tripp and Malcolm have already fought. fought. (laughs) Um, So by this point, let me go back. By this point... Thank you for taking over. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I know they had had a conversation in... The canteen. They'd had a conversation in the canteen, yeah, where Trip suggested read alert, which I enjoyed. 
and Hoshi was upset that Reed didn't like the food. That didn't ring any alarm bells with me. The only note I have from that scene is why does Hoshi give a shit about Reed's opinion? Because she should remember that Reed doesn't like food anyway, and therefore his opinion is null and void. But aside from that, it made perfect sense to me for Reed to be obsessed with a security protocol. And I can't recall Trip talking about the chair that much in that scene. He did. Did he? He was saying, like, I could add a cap holder and all that. You're right, yeah. It didn't strike me as, like, irrationally. He wasn't, like, tetchy about it. He was just kind of talking about what he could add to it. And I thought it was just Trip being a good little golden retriever and trying to make his master's life a little better. Okay. I'm presuming you don't remember the first time you watched it. I'd love to know when you sort of suspect things were going wrong. I don't know. I could, I, I could not tell you. Because also, as far as I can recall, in the opening, with they're all unconscious and Paul is doing her log, I don't, I can't recall if there's any mention of them acting irrationally before falling unconscious. And so it wasn't something that I was expecting. Right, I mean, they didn't give it away. Yeah, and a good 10, 15 minutes into the episode, I'd completely forgotten that we'd opened with them all unconscious. I feel like this episode, in theory, is kind of spooky. For, not like in a, oh, it's terrifying, but like, There's nothing physical causing them to change. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's radiation, which is physical, because waves are physical. But, you know, there's not, like, a virus or a bacteria or anything. Like, it's invisible. And they don't know about the radiation. So it's kind of creepy to see them all slowly going more and more crazy. I don't remember first, second, or third opinions on this episode. (laughs) Like, I don't remember what I thought. I do remember that when it started, I was like, oh, I know this one. I remember the captain's chair. I remember the read alert. I remember Hoshi in the kitchen. I kind of like this episode because it's a a little bit different. We get to see T'Pol save the day one more time. That's not different, but it's enjoyable. Oh, it's (laughs) It's an enjoyable thing. (laughs) Yes. We will talk about her saving the day by putting Archer in the shower. We will talk about a shower's effectiveness against radiation, but continue. No, we won't, because that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, you're you're drunk, so you're going in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> Gold shower for you, drunkard. Um, and then we have Archer being a pilot. I like that, because he's supposed to be a pilot, and we never see him piloting. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall I like this episode. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I liked it too. I didn't love it, but yeah, no, I liked it. It's a solid, like I said, it's a solid episode. And I don't know if it taking me so long to realize what was happening is a sign of poor writing, or if it's just a sign of me thinking the crew were pricks anyway. So I I have a question. Or both. Well, yeah, this and this is it. This, I have a question, and this is based on the episode. When Archer asks Trip to look at his chair, and Trip says, "I have impulse manifolds to look at," and Archer says, "No, this is the the chair. I need you to focus on the chair." Okay. At that point, 
is Archer already affected by the radiation? Or is that Archer being Archer? Because the chair isn't the thing that Archer becomes irrationally obsessed with. Um, I think that's Archer being Archer. Okay. I mean, it could be that he's already being affected because I think by this point, the chef has already not shown up to work because he's sick. Yeah. And I assume that that's the radiation as well. So I would say that that is him being affected. Not affected, sorry, that him being him. But it could be him being affected. But I think that's just like a silly goose, goosey thing to say <laughs> to the engineering commander. Mm. Uh, like, just fix my chair, man. I can't sit on it. And then at the end, spoiler, the chair is fine. He just needed to lower it. I like that. And he still doesn't sit on it. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I thought... Because there's a look as if to say, oh, he's kind of lying as if about it being fine. No, I think it's just that he likes to walk around. Perhaps. No, I think he did like the chair. I just think that he's in- uncomfortable sitting down. Um, And then, seeing as we're just at the end of the episode. Do you want to just go character by character? Sure, yeah. I was really glad when Trip called him out on his long preface preface yeah. preface 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 just a few more pages how many more 19 19 are you writing the preface or the book what is a preface my understanding is that a preface is like an introduction yeah it's um like a, an introduction like giving you more context on what is going to come Yeah, because I know some books have introductions and then some books have prefaces. Yeah, so an introduction to a book typically stating its subject, scope, or aims. Oh, okay. So it's not an introduction of, I started this because I wanted it. It's it's more like, this book is about this guy, and this guy is great because of this, 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 and I know because I'm his son. That's kind of... Gotcha. I get why Archer was struggling over it's definitely something i would struggle over yeah me too not sure why he went to to paul for advice radiation man makes you irrational vulcans not known for their artistic their yeah and culture to paul doesn't know his father yeah weird one was it a was another shipping tactic at this stage i i just <sighs> i see every interaction between them now is i i think i yeah think me too like i'm so suspicious I think maybe there's a there's a lingering. Yeah, at the end when he goes over to her with it, and he kind of he leans in over her over her little desk, and it's like. Ugh. I think it was more the shower. I think that was oh, I unnecessarily. I didn't get anything from the shower. Interesting. I didn't get anything from the last visit to her desk. But the first interact, like the rest of the interactions, when he's becoming obsessed with it, and then when he's more illogical and he's like, "Don't, don't bother me unless it's urgent. It's important." I feel like there was some closeness there that they may have wanted to signify something, but it's like we're so tired, we are exhausted, and we don't want this. Yeah, take it back. Um, do you know where I did get vibes though? 
when 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 Trip goes to Topol's room, being yeah. like, "Here's the thing you ask for," and she's like, "Stay," and he's like, "Nah, bitch." Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and he's like, "Is this payback because I wasn't making too much noise?" And she's like, "No," and and he's like, "Well then, fuck off." And I'm just like, "Guys, take <laughs> off your clothes and do it now." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like crazy. that wasn't even one uh, percent of the chemistry they had on the first episode, and it's still more chemistry than Tipol and Archer ever have. Yeah, we have had two episodes where both Trip and Archer have now been irrationally angry at T'Pol and Trip has had way more chemistry with T'Pol and yet the reason Archer was irrationally angry with her was because of the sexual tension that supposedly exists between them that we've never seen. Um. <laughs> yeah, I hate the writers for that. I, I do not like them. We will never forgive you. No. And also, I don't know if you noticed this, but when T'Pol went to read to question him, it was uh, it was Trip she was concerned about. I'm just saying. And also, it's funny that she didn't notice that he was already gone. Who? Reed. No, no not at all. Reed? Uh, no, that's not at all. Reed was acting normally this episode. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Except when he was like, I'll go to Starfleet. Oh, yeah. I could see him going above the captain's head. If it got really bad. I could see him doing that. He's a little weasel. I don't think so. The man's loyal to the captain. Mm, I don't know. But when it was mentioned at the beginning that Reed had come up with a new security protocol, I was thinking that Reed strikes me as the kind of person who is just constantly coming up with new security protocols and is annoying the crew with all these new security protocols. I mean, it's the origin of the security protocol. I have that down. Of the rest of the shows. And I have that down. My note is, Reed is right. Sadly. Yeah. But. Against our will. Yeah, but we can take a win from this because he's right. Thanks to radiation poisoning. It's not actually Reed. Right. The radiation (laughs) poisoning. He actually needed radiation poisoning to be right. Yeah. But he did do a, a good thing. Uh, and also, it's why we embarked on this journey, right? To see the origins of Starfleet and how things became what they were because they weren't before. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to to see him develop what we already knew. Yeah. What is the name of the alert? Is it Red Alert? I thought it was Red Alert. Yeah. But I thought when Trip joked about Red Alert. Reed would make the jump to Red Alert. But it's not called Red <laughs> Alert at the end of this episode. But it is Red Alert, isn't it? Is it tactical? Is it tactical? Tactical Alert. Something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's move on. What about, let's let's do Mayweather because the poor guy doesn't get, again, much of anything. Poor guy gets dropped to a table for the episode. Yeah, like he he starts getting obsessed and then they're like, actually, we have enough. He gets the worst end of it because he becomes the victim of a rationally obsessed Flocks who wants to cut his brain open. Yeah. And again, when he first goes to Flocks and Flocks says, oh, we need to do more tests. And he he says a comment, oh, the something plague, that starts with just a, a headache. 
again, is that Flux being affected or is that Flux being Flux? Because I think that's I think that's Flux being affected. Okay. I think he would have just given him painkillers and sent him away. Okay. Just wanted to check. And I think the headache was was the radiation as well. Surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, I should say, Travis not that much of a prick when he's irrational. He's still quite nice about it. Yeah. He's like, no, because the captain will will have me court-martialed and I need to go to work. Hoshi was ruder than him. <laughs> I, love, I love Lasha Hoshi. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm going to jump. We are biased. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump ahead. But I do want a t-shirt with Carrots! <laughs> on it. Yeah. And then obviously there's the moment where she says my 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 family's reputation is at stake, which I loved. Yeah, the whole Hoshi family is reputations is it's at stake. Yeah, obviously. So what we're saying is Hoshi's right. Hoshi's right. <laughs> Reed is obviously wrong. So we mentioned Flux, but like, I think, I mean, he's the most dangerous one oh, because yeah. he literally could. Put you to sleep and kill you. Yeah, yeah. He wanted a piece of Mayweather's brain. Very, <laughs> very dangerous. Also, so he's the one that kind of explained what the radiation does. And basically, it makes us secrete more hormones on our prefrontal lobe. Something Pref- like that. Prefrontal? Pre-cor- Pre-cortex? Pre-cortex? Something like that. Yeah, I, I I nailed it, actually. And that's how T'Pol is able to figure out what the fuck. And she nerve pinches him. Yeah, that when he was describing the, the symptoms of the radiation, I was like, well, that's just normal human brain behavior. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we secrete whatever he said. And yeah, so I don't know. He was funny, but he was also scary yeah. because of his position of a physician. But I think at least Mayweather didn't pass out. So I think he would be the best one. He was just sedated. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, T'Pol uh, Vulcan nerve pinches him. Yeah. So does she... She doesn't nerve pinch them all, though. No, just him. They all just eventually, like, succumb to, I don't know, hormones. I mean, I would... Hormones. I would be, I would think that if your brain is secreting more hormones and working overtime, it would just collapse Maybe. at some point. Like, I think it was with the radiation and everything that they just... Right. It would have been funny because unless they all fell down at the same time, imagine people being like, what is he doing there? He's in the way. Being all yeah. angry and obsessed. And then they're like, boop. And some other person's like, oh, another one. Yeah, because presumably they didn't all collapse at the same time. But we never see that. And then, well, Hoshi, we said she was right. Um, But it was like the scene where she's dismissing the guy, the carrots thing. And then you're dismissed. So angry. Very angry. Beautiful. And then she just falls asleep like this on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. So... The cold shower. Yeah. Fine? Um, well, I'm not sure about it because maybe water can do something. I I don't think he, she was trying to heal his radiation poisoning. I think she was just trying to wake him up. 
and make him alert. And I know that water works for that. So maybe? Let's see. Does water help radiation? Oh, no, actually, yeah. So oh. uh, for gamma radiation, barriers of lead, concrete, or water provide protection from penetrating gamma rays. But that's a barrier. Well, she's putting a barrier. It's a, it's a thin skin on his, uh, a thin layer on his skin. But yeah, but it doesn't... I would, yeah, I would... So things like light and waves travel differently in water. So I believe that it works. And she doesn't have much time anyway. They are about to die and she has to act quickly. So I think it was more a thing of wake up, sober up, and let's go. But is it is it a case that... Are they acting irrationally then because there's a constant waves of radiation going over them? Or is it a case that the waves of radiation going over them has stayed in their system and is affecting their brain? Because if it's the latter, then... A cold shower wouldn't work because it's not going to get rid of the radiation in well, their body. I think it's the first because the moment that they are out of the the well, that was my next the distance. Thing, it, it was a remarkable recovery, remarkable. Yeah, I think it was more of like at the moment you are affected, and the longer it, you go, the the worse the effect gets. But the moment that the radiation isn't there anymore, you're fine. So we now have to accept that Archer fought radiation poisoning through willpower alone. I mean, he wasn't perfect. It's not no, like no, he, he recovered. Was, no, I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying he was perfect. I'm just saying that, like, the, the the whole fight was like seven minutes of him just technically trying not succumbing to the radiation waves. It just, it just. Well, if someone if someone has to survive, it's gonna be the captain. That's true. He's obviously the captain because he's he, he's the strongest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do you have anything else to add about singularity? I was just going to ask you one more thing as well, which is... Yes. How do you feel about episodes or movies that begin at the end or the middle and then flashback? I always forget the beginning, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> They are the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, no, I mean, I think it depends on how it's done. Yeah, I think this was actually a good example of it. Usually I would consider yeah. it really like lazy, like have faith in the audience that they'll be interested in the story from the get-go. But I thought this one was good. Yeah, I think, I think this was a good one to do. Uh, let's move on to episode 10, Vanishing Point. After Hoshi has used the transporter to avoid running into a storm, she starts to feel really weird. So, we finally got a Hoshi-centric episode. Yep. Which means we finally got a lot of screen time of her and her beautiful face. Mm-hmm. However, what do you think about this episode? Um. So, I'm just going to read you some of my notes. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, I'm I'm scared. When you told me that you were started to watching, I was like, oh, I need to know. I'm going to read through some of my notes. Is this an hysterical woman episode? Gaslighting? Is this a fucking dream? I'm going to be so pissed off. 
I hope this is a dream because they're all being dicks. Yep, she's in a coma. Hoshi doesn't have a high opinion of the group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I remember this episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't remember what I thought back then. But when I saw the beginning, I was like, oh, I know this episode. I know I remember this. Maybe because it's the first Hoshi-centric episode we ever get, I think. I mean, yeah, Hoshi-centric, yeah, because she's not really the center of the one where, well, the second episode ever where she, with the dead bodies, she, that's not really the yeah, main Yeah, no, so she's far. not, she's, a, 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 yeah, she's she's there, but she's it's not her episode. Yeah, it's, she's, yeah, it, it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't, like. No, I don't think it is. Like, not like this. This is her. Yeah. Anyway. I remember this episode, maybe because I love her. The reason behind it is not, ne- it's not important, okay? Yeah, no, of course. So, I remember this episode, and yes, the beginning of it is like, are you trying to play her off like crazy? Because I think her concerns are funded and logical. Like, if you were pulled apart and pulled back together, I would be concerned. Yeah. Definitely. Did you forget to rematerialize one of my kidneys? And I know, and I don't know. I need to know, you know. And especially if the technology is new, it's not like with Kirk's crew that the transporter has been used for people, and it's good and it's confirmed that it worked. So I understand her concerns, and yes, it's true that at the beginning they are like dismissed, like, "Oh, you're you're fine, you're fine," but as you. So eloquently said in your notes. Is this a dream? Is this a coma? <laughs> Obviously, it's not reality. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't think that the problem is that her opinion of the crew is bad. So much as that she's very insecure about herself and how much the crew has her back. Right. Like, I don't think that she thinks... That Trip would blame her for going second, like he does when they find that little bit of goo. That he's like, "Oh, I told you, you shouldn't listen to me. I'm the superior officer and ranking officer." I don't think that she thinks that he's like that. I think that she blames herself, and some part of her thinks that she's replaceable, so people don't see her. I really like this episode, and maybe it is because I relate to her feelings of not being accepted and feeling like an outsider, especially when it's a a big group of people, I don't feel like I belong. So I think it's more of her. I And I am interested to know what you think, because I relate to her, but you're obviously not a, a woman, unless something has changed and you haven't told me. But even then, you wouldn't have the experience of growing up as a as a woman. And how isolating it can be to be in a man's world. Because there are obviously other women on board, but it's not a women's world. It's not an equal world. It is a man's world. And and, and I think there's a big conversation to be had about her perspective. And I, I we talked about it in the first season. And it's also shown in this one that she's insecure about her ability to uh, translate a language. And I think it is important to have this conversation of women usually feel inferior because of like it's a it's an ass thing, but it's a 
society thing. It's not like a personal thing against the captain or Topol or anyone. I think he doesn't think badly of them because the moment that they go missing in her delusion or whatever it is, she makes them go after her and find her. And maybe if she thought less of them, they wouldn't. They would be like, oh. I think if if the dream crew would have been like, oh, she'll show up and they don't look for her. I think that may reflect also on her opinion of the crew, but I don't think that's it. Did I make this episode much more deeper than it needed to be? Yes, but... <laughs> no, but I think it, it, it's valid. I think it's valid. I think that's probably what they were going for. But I actually didn't get any of that from the episode. And it's only when you say it now that I'm thinking... Oh yeah, that makes sense. This was an allegory or a metaphor for Hoshi's own insecurities. Yeah. Which, yeah, it does make perfect sense, but I don't think the episode fully executed that. And I think perhaps, I don't know how, but maybe they needed something in the final few minutes after she wakes up. Because when she wakes up, or when she kindly comes through the transporter. I mean, she literally transporter. becomes invisible. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but I, I know, I know, I get that. It's quite literal. <laughs> yeah, but when she comes through the transporter, and it's only now that you're saying this, and that I'm thinking about it. When she comes through the transporter, everything's obviously fine, and they don't know what she's talking about. But they're not concerned for her. Trip and Reed are like, yeah, everything's fine, what are you talking about? And then obviously they go to the medical bay, but I think maybe we should have got more of them actually listening to her and being more reassuring to show us and to show Hoshi that she's wrong in her insecurities and that they do care about her and they will listen to her and take what she has to say. Like if they had listened to her about the aliens being on board or taken a more calming approach to that rather than just what are you talking about you're only eight seconds there's no aliens on the planet if someone went through a transporter like that and disappeared for eight seconds and appeared eight seconds later ranting and raving about aliens being on the ship with bombs i'd be really concerned and being like wait 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 what what what's going on what happened this is not right mm-hmm. because it's literally eight seconds for them like the last time trip saw hoshi she was in the temple she was a bit anxious about the transporter but everything was fine they hadn't encountered any aliens it was a routine mission and now suddenly she's ranting about bombs on the ship yeah i mean you're right that would have been a nice detail to calm her down and not just be like no you're fine you're fine but i mean she literally turns invisible she disappears like it's it's very obvious <laughs> for to me it's very obvious what they were trying to do yeah, fair. And yeah, I just didn't get that. And I think it has to do with the perspective of I've been through that or I felt like that. I haven't been through a transporter and <laughs> dematerialized uh, yet. NASA hit me up. Maybe they can transport me without a few a few less kilos. <laughs> they can keep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I think I was focused, right, the episode, I was more focused on trying to figure out whether it was real or not. Mm -hmm. That's another question I had. At what point did you really think, oh, it's not real? And before that, what were you thinking? Walk me through your experience of this episode. Yeah, okay. So the first 
what was the note? Yeah, the note where I said, yep, she's in a coma, or realized it was a dream going on in her head, was when she first heard Trip and Reed's voice yeah. outside of the ship, or where they weren't there. What? I wish they didn't do that. Yeah, that was a giveaway. But then, later on, when the aliens are on board the ship, planting the bombs and stuff, and there's this whole thing about how she can't understand the language. I mean, that's pretty impressive, because how she just creates a whole alien race and a new language in her head. Yeah. <laughs> then I was like, it, well, is this real? And they were doing the whole thing with the Morse code, which I really liked, even though I questioned how it was actually able to do it. I really liked all that well, stuff. Well, if she's, she's, I don't know. Like, she's going through walls, but somehow not going through, like, the wiring or whatever it is that she needs to do that. I was thinking, I was thinking she can go through walls, but not the floor. Well, this is a thing about ghosts, which we're not going to go into a tangent about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, ghosts should just fall through the earth. (laughs) Technically, we're recording on Halloween, but we're not talking about ghosts. Yeah, I enjoyed all that stuff with the, the Morse code. And I don't think it needed... The, the stuff with the aliens and the bombs. I don't know why they brought that in. It felt like filler. Again. Just for her to step on the transporter again. Yeah. But I think also it's supposed to be like a dream, you know, like a nightmare kind of thing. And yeah, they don't make sense. They're not logical. So. No. Speaking of not logical, again, Paul was great in this episode. I loved how cold and. I just, she's great at giving the whole children. Yeah. She's a bitch. She is a bitch. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I was kind of throughout the episode. I was like 99% convinced that it was a dream after that incident with Reed and Tripp's voices. But then there were things later on. I was like, okay, they're really committing to this though. This is really... They're going into this a lot deeper than I thought they would. Or keeping it going. Because at one stage I checked how long was left. And it was five minutes left. And I was like, is this a two-parter? Is this going to be a two-parter? What the hell? I, I didn't remember if it was a two-part. I I thought not, because I don't remember this being two-parter. But it was like, <laughs> do I need to watch another one? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I enjoyed it overall, and I think I enjoy it maybe better now on reflection, knowing or having heard what you just had to say, because that sheds a new light on it. Because I did come out of it thinking, oh, well, that was kind of inconsequential. It was all just a dream. And I mean, it still was in a way, but it definitely did tell us more about Taoshi in that sense. Yeah, I think it was more of a character development episode than a plot development episode. Obviously, there's no plot here because yeah. it's all it's all fake, and there's no temporal cold war, so <laughs> there's no plot. But it's Hoshi, so exactly, and Hoshi is beautiful. She's. So gorge. Um, even with the the side bangs, all of it, whatever you call them, I couldn't figure out was that was that was that a style choice or was that to indicate that they'd been down there for quite a while and her hair had become undone? Maybe both. Both. Okay. Don't read. I have any other notes on this. I like that. Even though it's not real, Trip is go to guy for emotional support again. Like, I don't think you would ever think he's the emotional support guy. 
but he is. Yes. Oh, I love Trip so much. That 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 thing that he's on, the gyro spinny thingy. I want to get in there. I want to do that. I want to do that. It looks fun, but it also looks not fun. <laughs> it looks like a nightmare if you're not okay with being upside down. Yeah, or if you get dizzy really easily. and moving around. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get dizzy. In it, and and this is annoying because it's in, it's in Hoshi's. Is it in Hoshi's? Yeah, it's in Hoshi. It's in the the whole thing is in Hoshi's head. Um, even in Hoshi's head, Travis is giving out to Trip about not taking him anywhere. With Hoshi in that scene, she should have been yeah. because it's all in her head. Yeah, she was. She was eating with them, and then they just st- stood up and left. Okay. You watched this after me. I know. Yeah. I feel like that. that is that the scene where in their canteen and she goes up to them? Yeah, that's is th- that is the scene. Okay. But yeah, no, I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Me too. It wasn't one of my favorite episodes, but never, never going to complain about seeing more of Hoshi. I do have to say, I'm going to say it's bad directing and bad writing because I don't, okay. I don't want to, ins- I don't want to insult Hoshi or her acting ability. Okay. But there, there definitely were moments where it's like. This could be better. Which examples? Examples. Oh yeah, when it was when they're when Hoshi's first disappeared, and they're in the med bay talking about it. Hi, sir, Captain. If there was a loss of molecular cohesion, I'm afraid we shouldn't be looking for Hoshi per se. What should we be looking? Subcellular residue. There wouldn't be anything left by now except for subcellular residue. You're wrong, Doctor. I'm still in one piece. You just can't see me. It's like, ugh, it was really like. Uh, it's it was it's early two thousands. I think it is more directorial, and yeah, I think it's more the production. And they said they told her to be like that. Yeah, I think so. Which is a shame. We've just seen the woman scream carrots, so <laughs> we <laughs> so know convincing. she has character. I really, I really believe she wanted carrots in that moment. Yeah, me too. Another example, just of the bad writing, and this isn't bad dialogue. This is just bad plotting. She's trapped in the gym. I think her dematerialization goes bigger and bigger after that too. Like, okay, I don't so think she can walk through walls. going through. Because we see her hand going through. That's why she can't open the door. Because her hand is going oh, through right, the door yeah. control. I don't think she tried. Did she try to go through the door? I don't I don't know. And I'm like... Yeah, I, I would have tried. I'm already gone, so I might as well just try. Yeah, exactly. So now, on to the awards. Spin-off character. Do you have a spin-off character? I don't think there's any that I would... There like, were no yeah. characters. Yeah, maybe the Hoshi's assistant in the kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> getting over being dismissed. Yeah, his his adventure to get carrots. Maybe that's what he became irrationally obsessed with is getting Hoshi carrots. Maybe a uh, horniest moment. I don't think there are any horny moments. I mean, tripping to Paul, unintentional, but yeah, I mean, trip going to to Paul's room. But it's not even horny, it's just, can you make out? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it is. Talking about repressed sex energy. Just fucking make out, anyway. Uh, Well, you said this line on a t-shirt. You would like carrots. I would like carrots. I don't think I have any lines from the second episode. And no, I don't think so either. Will this be a contender for best or worst episode? I think they may, just because of the quality of the rest of the season. This for sure is one of my favorites because I remembered it and because I relate to it, but I understand why it's not one of your favorites. So I don't know. We would have to see. Yeah, it's not It's not one of my favorites. I, I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. Obviously, we get more Hoshi. I think I, think I preferred Singularity to this. Which, did you prefer this? Yes, but because of my emotional attachment to the plot, I think Singularity was also good. Fair. I think both of them can be contenders for best episode. Definitely not worst. No, definitely not worst. Um, And is these or are these episodes that you would recommend a new person going into Star Trek? I think they both are. I think I would be more, I think I would be more inclined to lean towards Singularity purely because that is, well, it is actually the crew, even though they're affected by radiation. Whereas the Hoshi episode is very much made up. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, it is made up, but it is still representations of them. Yeah, but I think you would enjoy the second episode more if you knew them. Yeah. Already. I think it pulls on the emotional strings of, like, what's going on with poor baby Hoshi? Um, And the first one is more like an actual thing that happened, and Tapol saves the day again, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, same. I also wouldn't want anyone getting the false impression that they were going to get that much Hoshi in every episode. Exactly. Not. That is also true. Um, so I think that's all. I think, do you have anything else to add? No, I don't have anything else to add. Okay, well, I'm just going to finish this episode saying, where the fuck is the temporal cold war again? And thank you for joining us this week's episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed. And we'll be back next week with the next episode. You can follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky, TikTok and Instagram at PodMeUpScotty, or email us at PodMeUpScotty at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. In, and you can tell us if you think a cold water shower would help the effects of radiation. Mm. So, thank you. Bye. And she nerve pinches him. But when him. he said it... What? She nerve pinches him. What? She nerve pinches him. Oh, yes. Thank you for vocalizing. I mean, I vocalized the first time. Thank you for hearing. Anyway. Anyway.